Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Equipped to Be. I'm very excited that you're with us today. How have you enjoyed the podcast lately? I've been getting a lot of comments, especially on the uh, Dr. I and Rick Green. And of course, last week we had Leanne Garfias when we were talking about homeschooling made easy. But today... I've got a guest. We're gonna we're gonna turn the the page, and not so much on education, but this guest. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with her. She has been on the speaking circuit for a very long time. She is trusted by Focus on the Family, Right Now Media, Family Life, the Huffington Post, Uvers, and she she also used to run the Hearts at Home conference. That was an amazing event that I had the privilege of being able to attend a couple of times. You know, let me just tell you. Jill Savage is our special guest today. She has agreed to come on the program. She is the author of 14 books. Two are co-hosted with her sweet husband, Mark. And you know, if you know uh, a lot about her story or anything about your story, here's something you will learn. It's like sitting down and chatting with an old friend. She is open, honest, always hope-filled. The words that come out of her mouth are, are practical, She's lived a lot of life, had a lot of experiences. Um, Oftentimes, she'll put a humorous spin on it, so you'll end up nodding your head like, yeah, that's me too. You'll find yourself finishing one of her books, A Different Person. She has authored a series on no more perfect, like moms, kids, marriages. She's a mother of many. I believe she's a mother of five. We'll set the record straight as soon as I bring her on. But you are going to delight in our conversation as we dive into marriage with my special guest, Jill Savage. Hey, Jill, thanks for being available to come on the Equipped to Be program today. Oh, thank you for having me. You know, as we were talking before the show, uh, both of us came on, and I know our listeners can relate. Sometimes we get something on the calendar, and then we fill in the details a little bit later. And that's kind of how this (laughs) podcast today went. I'm like, Jill, I'd love to have you on the podcast. And you're like, sure. And then we get on there like, hey, what are we going to talk about? (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) sometimes we would love to be able to say, oh, no, it's all scripted, and I have these questions, and we're going to ask them in this order. But the realities are, as you and I both know, we can script all we want, but sometimes you just roll with what you have and God shows up and honors it. And that's what I feel is going to happen today. Would you agree? Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. So, yep, we're just going to see where it goes. All right. So I have shared a little bit about you. Would you tell our listeners more about Jill Savage, what you're doing and and just more about you, maybe a little bit more about your marriage. And that's the topic we're going to focus on today, which can go in a lot of different directions, actually. Yeah. Well, I um, so I live in a place called Normal, Illinois. <laughs> By the way, and- I bought a T-shirt when I was at that event that says, I'm in Normal. <laughs> it's the only time <laughs> in my life I was in Normal. 
I love that. Yeah, we have a lot of fun with it. Our kids went to normal schools. We go to a normal church. You know, we have a lot of fun with it. But um, really, honestly, uh, I have made it really my life goal is to help people know what is normal in motherhood, what is normal in marriage. Uh, Now that I have an empty nest book out, um, what is normal in the empty nest season? Uh, That's really important to me because I think oftentimes we feel very alone in particularly in the challenges and uh, for people to know that they're not alone and that the things that they are experiencing are normal. And um, I think that that is so very, very important. You know, just hearing you say how God put you in the city of normal, (laughs) and yet this is your passion. But you know, as I have gotten to know you over the years, and, and a lot of times our circles, we're in the same circle, but we haven't been at the same place on the circle. And so that's why it's a delight to introduce you to my audience, because even though so many of our contacts are the same, there's so much that we don't know about our stories. And even though you are in normal and you you love to talk about all the normal, I would say, Jill, I would... I would venture to say your life has been anything but normal. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably true. (laughs) Yeah, I am. I am incredibly honest um, about uh, the hard stuff of life Um, from a parenting perspective. um, We have a son that has had a lot of mental health issues. We've dealt with suicide attempts. I have a prodigal you know, we've, uh, and I talk very openly about those, uh, kind of issues from a parenting perspective, but my husband and I also talk very openly about marriage and, um, that has really become uh, a large part of the focus. Uh, I do a lot of speaking for women's events and women's retreats and parenting conferences, but um, more and more, Mark and I are doing uh, so much with marriages. Um, and we've always had a passion for that. Uh, my husband was a pastor for 20 years, and um, he was a children's pastor for the first 10. Then uh, we church planted uh, for the second 10. And so at the end of that church planting season, he really was pretty worn out and felt like he needed to retire from pastoring. And he became um, a construction, uh, he owned a construction company and loved doing that. But we had no idea how much his his identity was wrapped up in pastoring. He would have said it wasn't, but when he started really walking it out, living it out, he was um, very, uh, discontent with life had struggled with depression all of our married life. So we had dealt with that, but this was a deep, dark depression that he went into. I knew that he was struggling, but I had no idea the extent and it ended up that he was actually having an affair and, Uh, My world turned upside down, Connie, as uh, you can imagine. And so that entered us into a very, very dark year, very dark year, initially recommitted to the marriage, then went back to the affair relationship, recommitted to the marriage, went back to the affair. And that happened seven times over that year. Um, He eventually left 
and uh, separated. I sure did not ever see my life, uh, you know, that I would even be using the word separation or infidelity. And so uh, it was a really, really hard season for my kids, a very hard season for me. And, you know, Connie, initially I'd ask God, I mean, I, I remember the day after I discovered the affair and I begged God to tell me what to do. I heard only one thing. I want you to love him. And I'll tell you what, I kind of, I was literally flat on my face on the floor crying. The, the carpet was wet where I was crying when I was begging God to tell me what to do. And when God said, I want you to love him, which I didn't hear like words come out of heaven. I just, <laughs> it was like, it was like that thought came into my head and I was like, I know that one wasn't from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. Uh, I was going to ask you, like, what did you do? And are you sure? Wait a minute. I got to go get the Q-tips here because I certainly didn't hear that right. Oh, my gosh. I got up off the floor and I shook my fist at heaven. I mean, I did. I Uh shook my fist in the hair and I said, you have to be kidding me. Wow. Because I don't I don't know if you've noticed lately, but he's (laughs) not real lovable. And uh, God whispered back to my heart. I don't know if you've noticed lately, but sometimes you aren't either. And I'll tell you what, in that moment, I said, you know what, Lord, you are right. You love me when I'm unlovable. I don't know how to do that. And uh, God used that really dark season of my life to teach me how to love at a much deeper level than what I had ever experienced. I knew how to love somebody who was loving you back. Mm -hmm. I did not know how to love somebody who was not loving you back. And um, man, God uh, took me deep with that. I didn't do it perfectly, but I will say um, that was a journey, an unexpected journey honestly, silver lining Mm -hmm. of that really, really dark season. Um, It was a way that God took the mess and used it as fertilizer in my life. Oh, what a great picture, Jill. Oh my goodness. I mean, it really is um, that he used it as fertilizer. And I, in learning to love well, I became much more compassionate and honestly kind. Um, and, uh, in time, uh, I knew if my husband would return to his God, he would return to his marriage. And, uh, it took a year. Um, but on Easter Sunday of 2012, he had his own personal resurrection and, um, uh, literally, um, it was kind of a, Damascus Road experience that he he made a huge U-turn that morning and um and I saw it I saw the change come over him I saw him uh give up the fight and surrender and um and so I knew that something significant had happened and that was the beginning of us uh, starting to put the wheels back on the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can imagine, trust was broken. Uh, our relationship was in a million pieces. Hurt was deep. 
but um, uh, over time, and it took us 18 months of weekly marriage counseling Mm -hmm. uh, to get to the place where we could say we truly were at the other side of it. Um, And then at that point, we honestly kind of kept things to ourselves for a while. And we were about three, three, four years after um, our healing. And Mark said, I really feel like God is tapping me on the shoulder and saying it's time to start sharing our story. And, um, and so we chose to do that uh, through my blog. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did what we now call the No More Perfect Marriages 10 Day Blog Series. And my blog readership, Connie, went from 5,000 to 15,000 overnight. Oh. Hitting you. I'm not kidding I mean, you that in is, any way. That is so revealing of the state of marriages yeah. right now. Yeah. It's like it really for yes. Mark to be willing to, to be that vulnerable. And I mean, I yes. know he was a pastor, but there was everything riding on this. I mean, I mean, it's one yes. thing for this to happen, and you and you guys have the estrangement and the coming together, and 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 finally coming back, and him, you know, getting right with the Lord, and you forgiving him. But then to decide, okay, we're going public with this. Um, were you were you surprised? Were you willing? Yeah, I I was willing because I really did sense that people needed. Us, they needed to know that there was hope even after infidelity. Um, not only that, but there were lessons we learned in that really dark journey. But even in the in the healing process, there were lessons we learned that that every marriage needed to know, like uh, things that um, we identified. We called them um, the slow fades that had pulled our hearts apart unknowingly um, over time. And and so we felt like, gosh, every marriage needs to know this so that people can protect against the slow fades, so they can identify what fades are happening in their marriages um, and they can do something about it. And then we identified what we called our God tools. And these were new ways to respond to one another based upon God's word. And so I felt like there were things we were learning that at some point I really wanted to have the opportunity to share, but I also knew he, I mean, this was really so much of it was his story and he had to be willing to do that. So we shared and honestly, uh, the doors for marriage ministry just started to open at that point. Uh, a year later, uh, maybe maybe a year and a half later is when our book came out, No More Perfect Marriages, and that we share in there the slow fades, the God tools, and then um, since then, really, uh, our focus has been so marriage centered. We go to different churches and we do our No More Perfect Marriage seminars. Uh, we host marriage intensives in our home, and a couple that's in crisis comes to our home on a Friday. They leave on a Sunday, and we work all weekend on their marriage. All right, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to stop. I'm gonna, sorry, I'm interrupting you. Tell us, just because some people don't like get this at the very end, these marriage intensives, where do people go to even inquire about that? Is that on your website? Do you have a, a yes, special? Can yes. you tell us that right now? Yeah, definitely. I would say um, if you go to jillsavage.org and you click on coaching, 
and then you click on marriage coaching. And um, once you're there, you'll see our opportunities for marriage coaching, and there'll be another button that will allow you to get more information on our weekend intensives. We call it Hope Renewed Weekend Intensive. You can also probably just Google Jill Savage Hope Renewed Marriage Intensive, and it'd probably pull right up. All right. So now that I just kind of broke that little (laughs) plug, you know, you can tell I'm really moved by that. It was like, no, we need to say this right now in case somebody trails off at the end. They need to hear this. Now, if you would go back and fit, and if you can remember where you were in that story, yeah, tell no, us. Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. And, and you know, one of the things that is unique about the, I will say, before we leave the intensive, a lot of, there are intensives out there, but a lot of them are more group settings. So what we offer is really just one-on-one and, you know, we just work with one couple ever, you know, on a weekend. So, um, that really makes it unique and, um, but it is, we love it. And then we have about five months of aftercare that we do with them. So they don't just come spend three days with us and then we're done. Um, we want to keep coaching them as they go home. So we love that. Um, but yes, um, that has, um, you know, we uh, do the marriage intensives. We recently released a course um, uh, called Rebuilding Trust um, because what we find is that couples don't know how to rebuild trust. We didn't. And we kind of had to learn. I mean, honestly, we created the course we wish we'd had. That is something that couples can do online. Um, And so we really have enjoyed, you know, developing these together. But just it's really a a way that God has redeemed, you know, in Joel 2.25 in the Bible, it says that God will redeem what the locusts have eaten. And I'll tell you what, we have seen him do that in the area of marriage, and we absolutely love it. You know, can I, I just want to go back. I, I think you're a strong woman. Yeah, you were a pastor's wife. That <laughs> You have to be a strong woman for that. Uh, you know, and, and God is certainly uniquely qualified because the role of a pastor is to shepherd. And now you're just doing it in a very, you know, in a different way. But I think about you sitting in there just sobbing and broken and knowing God is able. I mean, you you knew Joel 2.25. I mean, you knew God was in the business of restoring and redeeming. And how many times when your kids were little, did you did you have to ask, you know, God, please, or when your children were the teen years or things happened in life? But this is a different level to me when it's it's not just one instance and it's, oh, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Okay. It's, it's not like that. This was... This was a while where, you know, you kind of think you're going to get back on track and then you get, you know, derailed again, or there's more and there's more. As a woman, uh, I wrote down something you said, slow fades. I, I, as a woman, there's two things I want to ask you. How do you begin to not say, I'm done? No, I'm not opening myself back up to that again. Uh, I, h- how do you begin there, Jill? I mean, you're, you're a ministry leader. Your husband was a pastor. There's like, there's like so many different layers of hurt and pain and heartbreak. Yeah, there is. You're right. Um, you know, I learned uh, some terminology during that season that I had never heard before. Um, and it was standing for your marriage. I had never heard that. 
And I'd never needed to hear it. (laughs) Things were fine. (laughs) Right. And so, uh, you know, that was really what I felt like when I asked God what to do, he gave me one assignment and that was to love my husband. And it was not to leave, uh, even though biblically I had uh, certainly had, you know, a, a, a reason. Um, but I just did not ever feel released from the relationship. I also knew that my husband was internally struggling in a million different ways. And I knew that this wasn't really about our marriage. Not that there weren't things in our marriage that didn't need to change. And that, not that um, that there weren't significant issues. Uh, there were, uh, but I knew it was bigger. And so I, uh, I think that that gave me some compassion for my husband's lostness. And so, um, so I think that was a, a, a big piece of that. I will say that when we were getting almost, uh, to uh, right before Easter, when he made his U-turn, um, uh, my counselor and I stayed in counseling. Um, we were seeing a counselor together, and then when I found out about the infidelity, my husband said, "I'm not coming back to counseling," and I continued on. And um, the counselor said to me one day, Jill, I think maybe you do need to start thinking about the reality of a life moving forward without your husband. And that was really hard for me. Um, It takes my breath away imagining what, hearing those words from somebody else. Yes. As somebody that was very wise, Mm -hmm. that was um, somebody that I looked up to. And uh, that really, really broke my heart. And that was a week, honestly, that I surrendered Um, and when I say I surrendered, I didn't stop fighting for my marriage, but I, I began to have a peace that no matter what happened, I was going to be okay. That no matter what happened, God was still good and God was still working. And I believed he was working in my husband's life, but I just wasn't sure whether my husband was going to let him in. And so I got to the place where I really, I would say up to that point, I was kind of holding on to my marriage with clenched fists, right? Like I'm holding on super strong. And I will say that I opened my hands up and I said, Lord, whatever needs to happen, whatever needs to happen for me to move forward, for him to move forward, I I surrender it to you. And I trust you that I'm going to be okay. I had heard Jennifer Rothschild, uh, she's a speaker and an author who's blind. And she had spoken at one of our Hearts at Home conferences. And I had heard her say a phrase that at the time meant nothing to me. I didn't need it, but I remembered it. She said, and it was relating to her blindness, it is not well with my circumstances, but it is well with my soul. And honestly, Connie, that became my prayer. Lord, it is not well with my circumstances, 
but I am determined that it will be well with my soul. So do in me what you need to do in me. Teach me what you need to teach me. Show me your word at a deeper level. Teach me to love at a deeper level. Um, Root out of me the ugliness that is on the inside as I'm dealing with this. Um, That was when I really opened my hands up. I was able to to do that. And and let me tell you one other thing that comes to my mind as I think of holding on and opening up. I had a dear friend that spoke some real truth to me. And she said, Jill, don't make saving your marriage an idol. Yeah. And quite honestly, I was right on the verge of that. I needed that truth spoken to me. So it was during that time of surrender where I really opened my hands up. I took my marriage off the altar and I put God back on it. And I, you know, uh, I'm grateful that within a few weeks of that is when my husband actually surrendered and did his U-turn. I know that, you know, it could have ended in a very different way, but I am grateful um, that he let the Lord in. And God was preparing you, like you said, there was this part of this story in the journey as you, you getting to that point where, you know, I, it might not, it, it might not come out the way I would really love for it to come out, but I'm going to be okay because God is still God. God is on the throne. God hasn't left me. God hasn't forsaken me. Uh, I am still loved and cherished and valued in his eyes. And I am his, and I will faithfully serve him. And I hear that, as I've heard you speak uh, often, Jill, I hear that uh, come from you. You know, you, you, you're you great at telling stories and, and getting us all laughing, and we're, we can see ourselves in it as, in some ways, you're, you're disarming such a hard, tough uh, topic, uh, and you do it with such grace and wit. But at the same time, we all know, like you said, your your you know email subscription just you know quadrupled. But I have to ask you a question as we are wrapping up the show, and and that is in the courses that you have and in the intensive uh, that you do, the marriage intensive. You were talking about your counseling and stuff, and I wrote down you learned, and you talk about slow fades. Could you? Give us maybe, I don't know how many slow fades there are, but could you share a couple? Just give us a a little peek into what are some of those slow fades that that our listeners right now can say, oh, I need to think about this. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. So, um, yeah, one is the slow fade of unrealistic expectations. No, we don't have those, do we? Unfortunately, most of us do. And here's what happens with unrealistic expectations. The space in between unrealistic expectations and reality is discontentment. And when we sit in discontentment, so if we have an unrealistic expectation of marriage, or we have an unrealistic expectation of our husband or our wife, and we sit in discontent with them day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out. Every time we're disappointed, our hearts get pulled apart one little quarter inch at a time. 
Now we don't feel it in that moment. I mean, we're, we're sad or we're disappointed, but what happens is that quarter inch adds to another quarter and to another quarter. And that's why we call them slow fades because that fade is happening so slowly that we don't even realize it. And before you know it though, you know, this happens for years, then we are miles apart. And um, unrealistic expectations was particularly playing out for my husband. Um, He was very disillusioned with marriage. He was disillusioned with me. He was disillusioned with our differences. Um, He would say, we're just too different so many times over and over. And, um, And so that discontentment became disillusionment and it became disconnection. And that's what happens with a slow fade. So that's one. Um, Another one would be the slow fade of avoiding emotion. The slow fade of avoiding emotion. And what this does is it keeps us from being vulnerable with one another. And believe it or not, in a lot of marriages, this is one that a guy will struggle with because a lot of guys aren't in tune with their emotional with their emotional side. Um, but in our marriage, this was mine. Um, because I grew up in a buck up home. I grew up with a buck up mindset. Life gets hard. You just buck up, you move on. I didn't have a lot of compassion for myself, for others. And so I had this buck up mindset. Um, it kept me strong, but not vulnerable. And so what happened is it sent an unintentional message to my husband that I did not need him. And that couldn't be further from the truth, but that was the message I sent. Cause if I cried, like if I was sad over something, I'd go to my bedroom and cry. I'd never cry in front of him. And so I did that for 28 years. And so um, we call ourselves before our crisis, Mark and Jill 1.0. And after our crisis, we are Mark and Jill 2.0. And um, and so Jill 2.0 now, if she's sad, she will snuggle up to her husband and she will just cry and let him hold her. Now, that's scary for me. One of the God tools is courage. And I got to use my courage. Even now, even though I'm 10 years into Jill 2.0, I still got to use that because I want to default to that buck up that I did for a long time, right? But once we have stopped the slow fate of avoiding emotion, we've deepened our intimacy. Once my husband stopped the slow fade of unrealistic expectations, he has increased contentment. That's the power of stopping the slow fades. You know, I'm so glad. I, I No, I'm not glad. It's, it's like a stronger emotion than that, that you and Mark were willing to invite the world into something so deeply private and painful. Um, and you're willing to do it for the sake of encouraging others and, and, and helping others, other marriages from having slow fades or broken trust and all the hurt and anguish that comes and just the emotional tear that it does on us. But I love how you referred to Joel 2.25, that God redeems. I mean, he restores mm-hmm. what the locusts have eaten, 
And yes. as as our listeners are listening to this, I know, I mean, you've been married. How long have y'all been married now? We're going on 38 years. woo And, you know, <laughs> and you have, I, I forgot to ask you this. You have like, how many children? Five? Four? We have five. Five, yes. Yeah, we have five. So, mm-hmm. I mean, again, I could probably have you on as a co-host and we could talk about kids and parenting and on and on it goes. But this is, this is, the husband-wife relationship is is the beginning of the family unit. I mean, the it children is. are add-ons because they grow up and, and move out, hence your empty nest book. But but this one right. is so essential. It is. It is. And, you know, another slow fate is a slow fate of child-centeredness. Mm. Sometimes, see, we put the children at the center of the family and the marriage is what needs to be at the center of the family. You know, we, we, we work with so many couples that I know will say, when was the last time that you guys spent any time, just the two of you? And they're like, well, this is the first time in like four years. And I'm like, well, no wonder we have problems. (laughs) Yeah. I I think about when I ask folks, uh, Tom and I've been together now, uh, been married for 36 years. And I think about all these parents who they, they don't even go away for date nights or a weekend getaway because, well, they can't, you know, the kids need them. And what I'm hearing you say, and you didn't actually say this, so you know, let me know if I'm putting words in your mouth, but you would be saying, oh, absolutely. You need to go away with your your spouse and you need to keep, you know, fostering that relationship in various forms uh, because the kids are going to grow up and go away. And, and at the end of it, you want to be able to look at each other and and remember like why you fell in love with each other and, you know, what, what's life going to look like in the, in the next new season that we're in. But you know, Jill, I, I know our time has, has come to an end. I, I I know we could just talk so much. I love your heart. I love the ministry that God has taken you down. And, you know, certainly it, it breaks my heart that it took what it took, but sometimes it does take hard seasons for God to prepare us for what he's wanting us to do next, which he's clearly done in, in your marriage and in your family. And I appreciate your vulnerability and your honesty and your willingness to say, okay, God, I, I will do this. And instead of just keeping it quiet and going about your happy life and doing all the things that, you know, keep us busy. Thank you for doing that. Please tell Jill, please tell our listeners where, I know you said jillsavage.org. Could you tell us about your podcast and about your blog and where they can find you if they want you to speak? Oh, absolutely. Yes. If you want me to speak or Mark and I to speak, um, jillsavage.org is the best place uh, to find that. And uh, we do have a blog there. We also have three free eBooks that we encourage people. It's right on the front page. So go to jillsavage.org. It's right on the front page that you can get those three free eBooks. One is on marriage, one is on parenting, and one is on self-care. And, um, and then Almost all of our marriage resources uh, can actually be found at nomoreperfectmarriages.com. So if you just go to nomoreperfectmarriages.com, you can, um, that's kind of just a single page that has all of our marriage resources on them. So that's another option for people to connect. And then my, my podcast is called the No More Perfect Podcast. And uh, you you can find it on my website. Um, once you get over there, you'll just see podcast that you can click on. Uh, but you can find it on any podcast app. Just look for the No More Perfect podcast. 
Well, Jill, thank you. Thank you for giving up your time to come and pour into the listeners here at Equipped to Be. And I will be praying that God continues to bless your ministry and that countless marriages uh, will be strengthened, saved, and I would guess fortified so that they can withstand the trials that come with just normal life. So thank you for coming on the program today. Thanks for having me. Well, friends, I know you enjoyed that. Uh, you all the show notes, uh, where to find Jill, the ebooks, all that will be on the show notes over at ConnieAlbers.com. And of course, we would love to have you follow us and, and subscribe over at the Equipped to Be podcast and make sure you pop over to Jill's as well. No more perfect podcast. You'll be you'll be delighted. You'll love her warmth and humor. And as you can tell, she's got a lot of wisdom. Uh, sometimes life dictates some hard times. And through that, we can get better or we can get wiser. And she has certainly allowed the Lord to transform not only her life, uh, but she has strengthened her walk with the Lord and with her marriage. So uh, maybe at a future time, I'll be able to have her back on the podcast to talk about one of the other No More Perfect Kids and and all the things that Jill has is out there teaching, equipping, and Uh, being available to you. So thanks for joining Equipped to Be, and we are so grateful that you were here. Stay tuned for next week. Uh, You're going to love it, and thanks for joining me today. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.